We are really excited to introduce our new podcast to you, From Uniforms to Unicorns. We're your hosts, Lauren and Sharon. Two friends, moms, business owners who happen to be in prison. So grab a coffee, head out on your walk, or just take a break. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Good. So we uh, we kind of talked before we came on and we were, thought we would discuss um, what it's like to be a mom as a corrections officer and go through pregnancy and all of the trying to get pregnant, uh, pregnancy, and then um, going back to the jail after having a baby. And so I, I actually started talking about this on the last episode and you'll hear <laughs> there's like a little bit of silence and you know, we, our, our, um, podcasts aren't edited. We don't really take anything out. Uh, we make this, we have a guy who does the sound for us who makes it sound better. Um, and does our intro and our outro, but at, um, uh, and I should probably thank him. Thank you, Sean. Conahan, thank you, Sean, <laughs> for all the work that you do. You're you're awesome. Um, so we uh, we don't edit anything out. So at the end of the last episode, you'll hear uh, Sharon and I are like quiet because we do this on Zoom, so we can see each other and we're not cutting each other off all the time. But I'm getting like the death cut under my throat to be. <laughs> Stop, Stop talking to save it for another podcast. So we would have been there for another hour, I think. Right. Yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah I agree. <laughs> I agree. So I was getting up and you can see, and it's funny because you, do, because we can see each other, like Sharon will hold up signs to me. Like, Talk about your cancer. And I have all these like little things. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was getting, she didn't have enough time to make a sign to say, shut up. So she just shut up. like, the, I, sh- the I should make one though. Right. That's ongoing. <laughs> yes. Shut up, Lauren. Just kidding. I have all these like cards here. I'm just going to write <laughs> things on them. Sharon, for us to share with each other. Uh, so yeah, that's what we thought we would, we would talk about today. So because Sharon went through it before I went through it, I'll let her talk about her experience. Um, as a mom and a corrections officer and all of those things. So thanks buddy. So I, I mean, I guess it was unconventional for me. So I went, I'm a, you know, identify as a lesbian. So I went and I was artificially inseminated um, in October, 2007. So in, in my personal experience, I was pregnant immediately so I know that doesn't happen for everybody and I'm grateful every day for the blessing Mm -hmm. I received and I'm grateful in that environment too that I was able to have uh, a strong and healthy child so October 2007 I was pregnant and I think I started my morning sickness like minutes after she was inseminated (laughs) oh you were so (laughs) sick I was sick every day until the moment the child you know was taken out of my body I stopped throwing up right then so it was tough because I was working the max unit the secure unit at the time and my doctor had a significant concern for me for (laughs) if I was to be involved in physical 
handling of an inmate or at that point we had pepper spray or OC spray. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the dangers of ingesting it, et cetera, et cetera. I chose to stay on the roster until I had a, a bit of a scare at home where I thought I was miscarrying and um, I wasn't, but I came off the roster within, I think six weeks. Mm -hmm. And from there I, uh, started doing intake parole and I moved to day shifts. So right. your body is coming off of uh, shift work. Your you know body is getting used to being pregnant and I was taking on a new task. Were you so tired? Like I was so I was, tired. I was tired and I was older. So I was 36, was I? I think I was 36, let's just say, and I was tired and I was throwing up all the time and I could just keep down crackers. I remember adjusting my schedule so that I could be at home, puke in peace, and then come to work for 10 o'clock and stay, stay till about six, just eating crackers and that stuff. So that was me. And I stayed uh, doing intake parole until I came off the roster within the summer of 2008. So mine was born in July. So she was two weeks late and that was my experience up to there. Mm -hmm. So, and I, re I remember you being like, so pregnant. Your mom came. Yeah. That's Your mom right. came up to St. Albert and we were yeah. like, and she, uh, so Sharon's mom does like microdermabrasion and all the stuff. So we went for treatments. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, your mom was doing treatments in that, like the second, no, the bottom level there. The bottom level, yeah. We're laying on that like futon, just like. <laughs> With a fan. Remember, it was like a heat wave in that summer. And I was that's... huge. And I've got like a shorter upper body. So I was really big and I was hot. And my mom came up for her due date and right. she ended up having to leave like the day she was born because <laughs> she had to be back in Calgary for work. Right. So I, yeah, it was so funny because I also tried everything to like, I went on bike rides. I took long walks. I drank raspberry tea. I did a body talk treatment to uh -huh. try to get her, right. you know, get her moving, but nope, took her time. Did so, you have to be induced? Yeah, I had to be induced actually twice. So they had me come into the hospital July 11th at let's nine o'clock and I was induced and nothing. The child was born July 12th at 8.30 p.m. So I was in the hospital July 11th and they so they tried to induce me. Nothing happened and they had to do it again. And I ended up having a C-section. Right. Like however many hours later. So, yes. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I similar to you um, and uh, I know that I know the queen loves it when we talk about her in our podcast because she told me yesterday <laughs> but uh, the queen uh, <laughs> told me that if I wanted to have a baby I needed to start trying because it's not easy and I was like okay and I remember like finding out and part of the issue with this is that uh, I was happy I was pregnant um, but at the same time, I was struggling with massive addiction to alcohol and pain medication to get myself to sleep most nights. Yeah. I remember being 
like, what the fuck? Number one, like, the queen told me this would take a long time and it did not. Right. Like, I remember like blaming her for the situation that I was in and finding out I was pregnant going, how am I going to fall asleep tonight? That's right. I, I was now, ne- I would never, um, knowingly, uh, take drugs and alcohol while I was pregnant. Uh, but for the first three months, it was fine because I didn't, you know, you're creating a human being, your body. That's right. So I didn't struggle the first couple months. It was after that, uh, first three months that I struggled again, the mind started racing, things started happening. Um, I was super anxious, super hypervigilant. Um, just going back into that cycle of, so I started really, that's when I really started to work on myself because I knew like, the way that I was going was not how I wanted to be. Number one, as a mom, number two, as a person, yeah, as a wife, totally. as all of these things. So, um, uh, they actually, so my experience with this and, um, this is how kibbles and I got really close. So I found out that, uh, they did a, that maternal blood thing on oh, Madden, yeah. my oldest mm-hmm. Madden. And they called me and told me that they thought he had down syndrome. Oh, wow. And yeah, so that was like, uh, like December, 2009. And I had been, uh, doing recruiting at that time. So they put me off. I did SDS for a bit and then, um, they put me in with recruiting. So, which I loved, like I got to go to like women's shows. Oh, okay. I remember <laughs> that. Yes. Yeah. I some pictures recently. Um, yeah, I remember that. I can't remember the lady's name. It drives me crazy, but she was awesome. But I got to go to the max and do interviews and that was super fun. It was super fun. I love that job, but we were heading to Lethbridge that day and the doctor called and said, uh, we need to see you cause your markers were high. So come into the office. And I went in and they said, you know, there's a really high chance that your child has Down syndrome, oh, okay. which was like devastating to me. But um, my background before I started working with people uh, in corrections, I worked with people with disabilities. So I had worked with lots of people with Down syndrome. So to me, it was a big deal. Um, but I was more worried about how my husband was going to take it because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm okay with that. Like, I've worked with tons of people with Down syndrome. I'm so they actually sent us for um, uh, amniocentesis and my, they did like an ultra, they did uh, genetic counseling with us. Like, what are your plans? If you found out the child does have Down syndrome, you know, and we had to sit through like a counseling session. And when they wow. went to the, yeah, right. I, did, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, no. And yeah, I did. I and no I, I, you know, like the internet then was still like, but I was like doing forums and it was like, if, and I was very stressed out at this time. Um, if you get an amnio, like people were writing on there, I got an amnio, my baby was fine. And then I miscarried because of the amnio. Oh, like right. I really like flooded my brain with like all these forums online. Like it was awful. I, 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 I don't recommend that to anybody. Don't yeah. it on the internet. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyways, we went to do the amnio. They couldn't do it. They said, my sack was too thin. They were going to wait another month. And I said, that's okay. I just want to know. Uh, we're not planning on doing anything anyways. Yeah. Um, we're not planning on terminating. We just would like to have the information. So they booked me for a month later, which we ended up going to Las Vegas. And my amnio oh, wow. was booked for the day that we got back. Okay. And we got stranded in Vegas. <laughs> 
Rihanna. Oh, wow. So, yes. Don't go to Vegas pregnant, people. This is a bad <laughs> idea. I did it twice. I did I, it and I, you know what's funny? I went pregnant um, to Vegas and my, like, I didn't show until, you know, five or six months. And it was in Vegas where my stomach popped. And I Me was too. in Vegas. Yeah. I, but you can buy wicked clothes in Vegas for I pregnancy. Know. Oh, I remember you. You had yeah. Yeah, maternity. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it was my birthday. So I was like shopping. I was with another um, person from the jail and we were dancing and she was like, you're going to dance that baby out of your book. But it was, it was fun, but it's, you know, not as fun. Not as fun. <laughs> with no. with We went to Dick, uh, Dick's Last Resort. Have you ever been there? No, it's so it's a restaurant where they're like super crude. Yeah, they like throw and they they make everybody a hat. Yeah, okay. And I had this like little tiny pregnant belly. And <laughs> do you want to know what my hat said? <laughs> <laughs> I should have swallowed. Oh my god! <laughs> Just like it's the cutest picture in the whole world, but it's fucking hilarious. Um. <laughs> anyway, so we ended up our flight got canceled. And we ended up missing the annual and my husband and I just said like, this is a sign. We're not supposed to have it. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, we never did. We just said like, we'll when he comes, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We did do a 4D ultrasound um, because we kind of, there were some markers that they said, like, if you do a 4D, um, they can measure the thickness of the neck. They can do all of these oh, things. Right. Yeah. Um, and at that point they were like, we can't say whether or not it is or it isn't for sure. So we just had to wait till he was born and he, he was fine. He was good. Yeah. 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 So, but wow. yeah, same with you. It had to be induced C-section. Yeah. C-section. Yeah. 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 So. Crazy. So was your, the second, was he a C-section too? Oh yeah. I planned that. Okay. So that's, yeah. it's nice to plan it though, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. We went and had, we stayed at the Sandman hotel in Edmonton. My yeah. mom and dad and my sister came. And nice. they took Madden and then we got up in the morning and went to the hospital and had the baby. I, you know what I knew with Madden. So when I went to see the doctor on March, so our anniversary was March 15th. I went to see the doctor on March 16th, 17th, March 17th. And she was like, no, nope, no baby. Like, and his due date was the 15th, same as our anniversary. No baby. No. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think you understand. I cannot physically like sit in a vehicle. Like he was in <laughs> my ribs and like big. They told me he was nine pounds at least. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't think you understand. I can't do this anymore. And she's like, okay, well, I'll see you next week. And I was like, <laughs> and I literally, this is not even a lie. And it's going to sound like morbid as all crazy. But I told her, I have some old coat hangers in my basement. And if oh, my God. Fix this, I will fix it myself. And she literally <laughs> said to me, at 2.30, you will go to the Misericordia Hospital and tell them you're in pain. I yeah. will meet you there. We will induce you. But you don't want to be induced. Like, she kept telling me, you don't want to be induced. And I was like, no, I do. Yeah, I do. I can't do this anymore. And it was 41 hours later that I yeah. had a section. That's, yeah, that's like, sounds about right with Summer. Same thing. But I mean, I use it against her now. So that's nice. Like, that's I'm nice. like, oh, really? Like, you know, and also with mine, like they thought I might be having twins. So I was really scared. And I remember yeah. I took, I took uh, GTK, like she works, she works with us. 
yeah. with me. And I was like squeezing her hand, <laughs> praying that it wasn't twins. Cause I was just like, I can't do twins. No. Right? Mm -hmm. right. And so just one and there she is. But it, uh, I remember going to the, my family doctor and saying, can I just do a C-section? Cause Me I, too. Was scared. I was scared. And she said, this isn't LA where you're too posh to push. <laughs> Mine said the exact same I thing. She's like, uh, no, 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 no. You don't get to make that decision. No. Anyway, and I'm like, and I'm literally saying, but my grandma had C-sections. My mom had C, like, yeah. it's like a hereditary thing. And she's totally. like, oh, honey, no, no, this is in Hollywood. Um, yeah, and, and if people tell you we staple your belly up later, that's a lie. I'm like, oh. <laughs> all right, never mind. Never but with Reese, I was like, I'm not doing that again. Like I won't. Yeah. And she said, no, we, we won't make you go through that. And Madden was eight pounds, nine ounces and 22 and a half. Oh, like he was big. That's big. It was really big. And I remember yeah. they had to morphine me. And, uh, on two occasions, my best friend had walked into a, a hospital room and told me how awful I looked. <laughs> so she came in that day and she's like, Oh shit. Cause I didn't realize I was allergic to morphine. I'd never had oh, morphine before. Geez. So, uh, if you know me, I have like quite, um, I have freckles on my face. So when she came in the room, she said like, my face was so white and my freckles were like black. Oh wow. Cause I had been through quite, um, like a, I was vomiting. I was, it was a, it was really, it was a really shitty experience, but with totally. Reese, it was super easy. It was like, just, just show up for my appointment, get yeah. my baby, go home, <laughs> go home. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Yeah. yeah. But this is the thing about a C-section. You stay in the hospital for a few days. Right. And I yeah. remember like you had a thousand visitors. We were, we were totally. visiting. Then you guys were like visiting me and oh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm like, get me the hell out of here. I'm I know. And I'm visiting with people. Remember you brought wine when I had Madden? And we I did. Wine? Yeah. <laughs> we drank wine because I knew what I wanted, like after it's summer <laughs> and like it's at the sturgeon, like you're in this like awesome room and it's fun. And then they kick you down like to the basement dungeon. And I'm like, I just want to go home. Right. But yeah, visitors, it was, it was yeah, actually like fun because was everybody fun. Yeah. was coming yeah. and you're in a bit of pain you can't laugh and stuff but it was like everyone was coming it was uh so nice right yeah 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 after day yeah. two with Madden it was awesome but after day two with Reese I was like I gotta go I gotta get out of here and they were really like I'm ready day. to go home yeah. yeah I'm ready to go home because I was in Edmonton and we had moved to Camrose at that time so everyone oh. in Edmonton was like well, I want to see the baby now. It's so like my aunts came, our yeah, old yeah. neighbor, like our neighbors were coming, jail yeah. people were coming. It was like insane. So yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. So you, yeah. you have summer, you take off more, you take like 14 months off, right? That's right. Yeah. And then you come back. So I take that time off. And at first I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but really quickly, like we got the hang of it. So I was having an awesome like Matt leave with her, we were doing so much. So when I came back to work first, well, in the first, before you come back, I was looking for uh, day homes because oh. I didn't want her going to a daycare. So I was looking right. for day homes that provide that care. Um, I, I wasn't going to work midnights, but if I ever got ordered, I needed to, you know, get it together. And so she was, yeah, just over one. And I was single parenting. So it got uh, tricky. And I didn't have family up there. I mean, I, I did have a cousin and, and 
he helped me quite a bit at first and I did find a day home uh, within St. Albert. So it was really good. It was hard though, because she didn't open until later. My shift started. So I remember uh, approaching them saying, I'm ready to come back to work, but I can't really start my shift until eight. And I was given so much flack. Yeah. And so, our shift started, we were, we were on 12 then. So it was seven to seven, seven to seven. And it was like, I was in so, I think I was doing a nine sixteen nine. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. most moms did right. Like a 12 yeah. hours at a day home is a significant, it's too, but it's too we also long. did nine hours and then a 16 hour, a 16. And then a and nine. So, and every time on that 16 hour shift, I would make arrangements, right. right. With either friends or an ex or uh, my cousin, like some, I would make an arrangement that she would, could be picked up at the day home right. and, and that, and I would try to do as many day shifts as I could so that she doesn't have, like she, I'll drop her to the day home, come to work. So yeah, I got, they gave me a quite a bit of slack mm. or when I was coming back. So it added to the stress of the first time leaving your baby somewhere and the separation anxiety that you're having and uh, you know, your, mm -hmm. your people don't, your management team doesn't show up for you. Right. And so later, like after some time I learned that they have to, they had a duty to accommodate you back, but it was after I'd thought, thought, thought for one measly hour. So right. I started just taking leave without pay. And I will say, most of the people working in our keeper's office or the duty, the correctional manager's office were really good with me. They would just say, work through your lunch or make another arrangement or whatever it may be. Like, just get to work because like you're a valuable member of the team. Right. And that's like how I felt on most days. Some of the, the fighting, I'm like, it doesn't have to be because I'm, I'm trying to get to work. Like that's my, my thing. So the evening shifts were definitely hard because you're not, you're not there for bedtime and mm -hmm. bathing and routines and stuff. So it's tough all the way around. Mm -hmm. And how was your experience with that? The mm. same? Yeah. Well, so, um, I went back to work in February. So I had Madden in March and when I, when I left work, I was in so much pain that I had to almost take like six weeks off because I literally couldn't physically sit because yeah. my ribs had separated so much that like, yeah. I just had to lay. I remember laying on like, um, the, um, like the floor in the office, just like yeah. laying there going, I, I just have to lay down. Cause I physically couldn't hold up. Even driving, we lived in Stony Plain at the time, driving from Stony Plain to Edmonton, I was in so much pain. And oh, like yeah, you can take a Tylenol. Like, ooh, that did nothing, right? Like yeah. after you've been addicted to drugs and over the counter medication, a Tylenol does nothing. Nothing, yeah. To a person who needs significant amount of pain medication. So I just didn't take it anymore. I was like, this is a waste of my time. But but I wasn't sick or anything like that through my entire pregnancy. I was just in lots of pain. Um, I also had uh I'd broken my ankle in 2001. Um, I was running into the basketball, a basketball game at university and I like broke my ankle really bad. So I struggled with, um, my hips so much because I overcompensated on one side yeah. of my body. Ouch. Uh, so I had lots of hip issues, lots of, um, rib issues. So anyways, but, um, 
when I tried to, so my husband, here we go. My husband <laughs> during, uh, the whole year off, he had worked on the oil rigs his, his whole life. And that year was really bad. Like, thank goodness I had mat leave and full pay and all of those things, but we struggled. And because, you know, when your husband's making like all this rig money, you like buy houses, you go on big vacations, yeah. you buy yeah. cars, but then the next year it's like drought. Right. So we weren't smart enough to save up our money. And, yeah. um, so anyways, we, it's not like we were dying or anything or, but it, it was difficult and we had a new baby and I just said like, you need to find a new job. I yeah. grew up, my, my parents grew up in this, uh, my mom worked for oil companies. My dad worked all around the world uh, on rigs and offshore rigs. And I knew what that lifestyle meant. And I'm like, I don't want to be a single mom. Yeah. Totally. So one day he just said, maybe I'll be a cop. And I like went to the basement and printed off the application. And I was like, yes, in Calgary, we're getting to Calgary. <laughs> that was like my number one mission. Cause I'd had this baby and I had all this help in Calgary and nobody in Stony Plain. Yeah. Like the the day I think the day I had Madden was the day the queen went back to work from having her baby. So yeah. I was like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Didn't you work feel out. you totally feel alone cuz I'm with you. Like my whole family is Calgary, right? So yeah. what yeah, am I so, doing? Right? So anyways, yeah. we tried to get to Calgary. Um Trevor uh, did not pass the first uh, round in Calgary. So he was deferred for a year, which at that time, like my husband's experience had been rigs. So to answer questions in an interview for the police service was, was tough, difficult for him. He didn't have any experience outside of rigs. So then uh, a good friend of mine um, offered to teach him how to interview, which I had just done this job as recruiting officers at Edmonton Institution for nine, eight months. And I tried to teach him how to do an interview, but he didn't listen to me. So I hired someone to help us. I was like, you help him. So he went to Camrose. I remember, I remember the day vividly, went to Camrose, did the interview. And her, her philosophy was like, just interview everywhere so you can learn the interviewing process. Yeah. So we went to interview in Camrose and I was like, I'm not moving to Camrose, just so you know, like, until you get this job, we ain't moving. And uh, I remember I was at this like mummy group with Madden and he called and I was like in a second cup with these women I didn't know and I was like bawling. Whoa. And I'm like, I'm not moving. And he's like, we'll worry about the logistics later because I will be training in Edmonton. So this would have been um, November. He started training in November. Actually, this is funny. He started training. What, what year? Uh, 2010. Oh, okay. Okay. So he started training. Uh, the day he trained, I ended up going. So I owned a travel agency for years. I ended up going to this like Sandals um, conference, Sandals Resorts conference. And they gave everybody, everybody who was there a free trip. Oh, nice. Right? But my husband yeah. can't go and you have to use it before December 31st. So I call the queen and her and I <laughs> literally get on a plane with our baby <laughs> and go to Jamaica for a week. Like, <laughs> yeah. dumb. We, we had no, we, I think we, I think we booked our flights, booked our room and we left the next morning. So like, nice. she didn't even like, she's like, I'm at Walmart. I got swimmers. I'm like, great. I got <laughs> sunscreen like it's november am i like don't worry i'll just be running the stairs in edmonton valley tomorrow puking probably anyways 
passes training and he starts it, he started in Camrose like a few months later. Like I think he trained for six months. I actually don't remember, but I remember him like not being around. It was very yeah. intense, like into Edmonton every day at five in the morning. Um, oh, wow. back home at like six o'clock at night, like ironing uniforms. If you've ever <laughs> like just insane. And so then I decided to go back to work. So I actually started interviewing day homes in Stony Plain and no one would keep Madden if I was ordered. And yeah. I did nine sixteen nine two, Um, but like nobody, I'm like, well, if I have to stay and my husband can't get here and then I'm, I'm like at Walmart trying to buy my neighbor a car seat. Cause she's like, well, I can pick him up if you need me to. And I'm like, I just don't want to rely on people like that. So I, I drove, if you know the, the geographical, whatever, I drove from Stony Plain to Devon, Devon to Edmonton. Cause that's oh, wow. where the day home, a, na- a friend of mine was like, oh, my day home will keep him. And she did. She ended up having to keep him twice because that oh, nine, wow. that nine sixteen nine shift. And if I worked on the weekend, my mom would come, but she was still working at the time. Um, but like the nine sixteen nine, I remember I worked. So it usually went a nine was the day shift. Then you worked the 16 hour. And then the next one was an evening. Yeah. So I, I, I got ordered on that day shift and I'm like, so I'm going to have to drive to, I think I got off at 11, drive to Devon, pick him up, get him back home, put him to bed, get up in the morning, drive him back to Devon. Yeah. And I just thought, no. And she, I just call her. Her name was Bonnie. She was amazing. And she'd be like, yeah, that's fine. I got him. Don't worry about picking oh, that's up. That's so good. Like, so grateful. Cause our lives were just fully chaotic. Like yeah. at that time. Yes. And, um, and my husband was in Camrose at some point. He ended up in Camrose at some point doing on-the-job training. And, and you can't, yeah, appreciate like the level of chaos because at that point at the jail, we were getting ordered. So it was always scary because you're like, uh, I don't know what I can do like with my, you know, baby. Like right. it's not like, so it was always making those. I don't, and here's, like, the cool, here's the cool thing though. Like we did, yeah. I would say as a mom, most people stepped up and said like, totally, I will I'll take, take your the order. shifts. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. I, I got it. Like we were so grateful to have the people around us that we did because I yeah. think I only got ordered twice yeah. in like that's right. maybe 10 months before I got pregnant with Reese and then ended up off the roster again. Again. Yeah. And a lot of people did. And I will shout them out because they'd step up and say, I got it. Or like I had a really good friend that would, often lead, like I'm going I'll pick her up so it was like right we had a code word and then uh, I was grateful because by the time she I think she was two she met like her now best friend and I met a per, like a I don't know my my person at the jail and we helped each other so much that right and the like our girls are still friends to this day because of that stuff right yeah. so yeah so many people would step up and even at the jail, when I came back, I had that major separation anxiety. And I will say my, my crew, so we weren't in crews, like we weren't crew two or whatever, but we had a little, like a mini pack of you that worked together on the same exact schedule. And I had so many people like on my, like you got this, like just breathe deeply. And Mm -hmm. you probably know what I'm talking about was like, 
smell this. This is essential oils and it will help you. And you got just breathe. And it was so good because that's what we needed right at that time, like to push through because I wanted the career. I wanted to do this. Right. So, and then we just pressed forward. So what year did you have Reese? So we, uh, so I came back to the jail in February and then, uh, I worked until on the roster until I want to say the, the March, two Marches. So we moved to Cameron. We moved, we put our house up for sale after I avidly told my husband I wasn't moving to Camrose, but also it was like, <laughs> he's in Camrose living at his mom and dad's me and the baby are in Stony Plain. And I'm like, this isn't working. And I don't, yeah. I don't love my job enough to be like, I'm staying totally. here. Yeah. Um, Cause the second I went back after Madden, like all my migraine headaches came back, tons of tension. I struggled to sleep. I got right back into like the shitty coping mechanisms of like, totally. I'll just drink a bottle of wine and then, then I won't be able to think anymore. Like it was, it was bad. And, um, I even remember driving in after having Madden, like being so excited to go back to work and driving into the parking lot going, Oh my God, what am I doing? What am I I doing? Right. Like the tension all came back. I felt that like, and I, I don't, for me, it was like, I thrived in that heightened, anxious, stressed out environment for totally. so long that when I finally came down after a year of being off work, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I had been out of it for a long time. And yeah. I was like, Oh, this is, this is going to be bad. But I, you know, I owed money. I owed time. I owed, yeah. you know, and everybody's like, you can't just leave because you'll owe all this money and they're going to take your whole pension and that. And, and I believe them. And, um, it doesn't actually work. It's not as bad as everybody makes it sound. It is that like, but I remember then I remember standing there going, Oh, well, you only have 17 years left. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) 17, only 17. Are you, there's no way I'll make it. I'm like, I'll be dead. Like the stress I put myself through on a daily basis was not worth the the fight. So yeah. So Trevor moves to cameras, me and Madden moved to cameras in September. And then I work for, yeah, so Madden's about one and a half then. Yep. And then I get pregnant with Reese in January. Okay. So I go off the roster because with your second baby, you're pregnant the second. You're like, your pants don't fit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right? And (laughs) so I was like, oh, I'm not going to stay on the roster. So I ended up going off. That's when I worked in SDS. Uh, I did a bunch of training, scheduling training. Scheduling, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Um, but I, I drove through winters. I did 16 hour shifts and slept at, um, like in Sherwood park at our friend's place. I stayed out at the queen's house a few times. Like it was just like, what are we doing? And my husband shift work, we have a baby. Like when Mm -hmm. the daycare told me, called me one day, they were like, Oh, so just so you know, your kid can't stay here past 10 hours. It had been the 10 hour day at our daycare. And I was like, Oh, what do you mean? And they're like, it's, there's like a 10 hour rule. So Trevor had to leave work. Cause no one told me about the 10 hour rule. I just knew they were open from six until eight 30 at night. And I was like, Oh, so we can stay there from six till eight 30. But that well, wasn't perfect. The deal. Yeah. No, that yeah. wasn't the deal. Uh, so anyway, so that, uh, I ended up going part-time when I was oh, okay. and just kind of making it work when 
Trev was off, I would work. I like, I was the queen of shift trades. I, you know, like I just, we just had to make it work till I had the second baby. So I had Reese. I think I went off with Reese at the end of August, 2012. And I had Reese in September, 2012. And I, I knew, I knew when I had him that I wasn't going back. Yeah. Like I just kind of, it was lost. Well, something, something has to give, right? And you can't, you can't keep up that pace or that lifestyle in order and be free, like be peaceful within yourself. You can't. And that's like the biggest self, like for me too, like she, I was doing the shift work till you know, she ended up having a seizure, but I remember her being four and I was thinking, what happens when she goes to school? Like, I can't miss these moments, right? And she did start her kindergarten in St. Albert and she was going full days. And so I I have a picture of myself on her first day and I'm in my uniform. Like I'm in uniform and I've got my signature blue hoodie on over top and I'm headed, you know, to work. Right. So it just, it wasn't good. So even, so we made the move when she was five and a half to Airdrie to be closer to family, to help right. out with the, I mean, the childcare, it's so funny because it just, it goes away at some point. It's your right. biggest stressor as a mom, aside from them getting hurt or but your biggest stressor for uh, like shift workers is the childcare. And then all of a sudden that goes away when they, mm-hmm. cause they go to school. And then what ca- came for me is missing the moments. Like she right. was in dance and soccer and she was like, you know, are you going to be there? You have to miss it again. Or at night you're not there. Cause it was like the evening shifts right? and just that stuff. So that mom guilt is hanging heavy in the pit of your belly when you're working right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so you're never you're never fully I wasn't fully ever there because I'm like I don't give a shit if these inmates want to fight each other or do whatever like I've got massive guilt that I'm missing her dance like soccer her that stuff so something like and you're trying to keep the peace at the jail so you don't have to stay any later any lot later absolutely need to right it's like but then you know some yeah something had to give there for me personally like it was like I can't keep doing this and missing those moments because a she's telling me right (laughs) where were you and then it just didn't feel good that's not what I wanted to be as a mom I didn't want to be yeah missing stuff so and like and then your mom's a corrections officer your dad's a police officer like yeah hope in hell in hell Uh, but yeah, we, I'm like, if I drive an hour and a half, that's an extra three hours in my day. If I'm doing nine hour shifts, I'm basically doing 12. If I'm doing 16 hour shifts, I'm doing 19 hour. And I'm like, who can sustain this? You just just can't. And I, I went on, uh, so I did, uh, care and nurturing and I started the business. I had a activewear store for years. And then I thought about going to, um, Pesa Casteo and maybe doing like, programs or something I wasn't sure but I I just thought nope you're out you've been out long enough like you're capable of doing other things you're yes you're smart that's right. you've owned <laughs> businesses like this is not where you need to go and you know that so why is this still an option and yeah. I I know like 
for the five years I had my business, I thought I can run this business and be a corrections officer. Yeah, that's and, true. And my husband gets so mad at me because he's like, you romanticize that job so much because I remember the good times. Like I remember, you know, like the fun times. I don't remember the bad times. I remember incidents. I remember investigations. I remember being like, highly stressed out, but I, those are lower on the totem pole for me totally. than yep. the good times. Right. And, and anytime we would get together or anytime we, I would like talk to someone else, we would laugh and joke and be like, Oh my gosh, remember this? Like it was so um, fun. Yeah. I, my, one of my favorite stories of all times. And some of you will remember this. So we, uh, a bunch of us went down to the security unit just like, and, and I don't remember everything because my, you know, my experiences and some of the things have caused me to have a short-term memory, but, yeah. um, we decided that we were going to candle our ears. Do you remember this, Sharon? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and one of the girls on our crew wasn't there that night, but we were like, she, she thinks this is the most disgusting thing ever. So we candled our ears. If you've ever candled your ears, like a massive amount of wax comes out and we were like <laughs> cutting up all the candles and we put like our ear wax in a baggie and then we internal mailed it to her <laughs> and she opened it up. It was like, like, I remember that stuff. Like I remember, you know, the like funny. Yeah, totally all the good stuff. Right. And you forget stuff. Yes. Yeah. And you forget, like, I forget that feeling I would go to work with in the, the pit of my belly, yes. right? The heaviness and just trying to do it all, right? And trying yeah. to be the best person, mom, correctional officer, everything that you could be. And right. yeah, I just, the way it was going, it was like, this has to end, but I don't know how, right? right. And I need, I was like you toward the end, I need to get out, but I don't know how to because... Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone will tell you like, so I, we would say you're at the top of the mountain now on your way down. So you've got 13 years in, you're on your way down. What do you, what are you thinking? Think about like how much money we're making and um, yeah. And you could work overtime if you were planning trips and you could do all this stuff. And I was just like, I, I was hanging on by a thread and I was waiting for a sign, like get me out of here, but I need like a push. Right. Right. And I, yeah. And I'd get those signs and I would ignore them, I think to me. And then, you know, eventually my sign came when my daughter had her seizure, the scariest moment of my life. I'm like, I'm done. Like (laughs) take your shit. I'm out. Right. I'm out. And, and, And that, and that came for me when we stood at the front desk that day. And do you remember we, And this is so crazy because I remember it so vividly. I'm standing at the front desk. There's about four or five of us. Someone had brought in that book, The Secret. Do you remember when Secret? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When that came out and it was huge. Yeah. And someone had it at the front desk and we were just like, and I'd never learned any of these things. I didn't know like manifesting or law of attraction or any of these things. And we were just talking about it. And someone brought up like, oh, you know, like these are the things I'm going to do when I retire. And I, I just thought, no, I'm not going to live when I retire. I want to live now. Yeah. And I yeah. believe that was the moment I decided like, you have to think harder about this. Because yes. It's not, it's not good for you. Um, you're, and I don't want to say like, because of the stigma attached to, you know, like weakness and you go into this job because you're strong you're perfectly capable of handling some things and you know that you are, Mm -hmm. but things start to build up, right? It's like, I can handle this. I can handle this. I can handle this. But then they, they stack each other. And when you don't deal with them, the 
explosion happens or happens. So I, and I think I was like, at that moment I was like, okay, I'm leaving. But then other things happened and I was like, no, I'm staying. No, I'm leaving. No, I'm staying. Oh, I'm leaving. I know. And I, I struggled for long, like forever, even after my five years was up, I'm like, good, I can go back now. I'm, I'm fixed. And, um, yes. And I, I, I know then that I, I wasn't, and I, I, I did a talk this weekend and I was talking about like, just when you think that you have it all under control, there'll always be something to show you that you don't, right? You don't. There's, yeah. There's something bigger out there, um, whatever you believe in God or the universe or whatever. But like, just when I thought, okay, I'm handling life, things are going, then I got that cancer diagnosis and it was like, right. Right. And it was telling me like, if you think you're ready to go back to the jail, you for sure are not. Yeah. This cancer came from a lot of stress, a lot of things that I'd done negatively in my life. And I was just like, okay, here we go. This is it. This is the answer that I've been waiting for because I was sitting on spousal relocation at that time. Like they were trying to find me a job closer to cameras. And I just sent an email and said, Ah, I'm out. Now, yeah. respect you better yeah. than it ever it is. You can stop looking. I'm good. So I'm out. Yeah. And it's like, it's a huge decision, right? And it's that's huge. what I always say. Like, I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking for a sign. And then eventually, like, you're right. The universe opens up, slaps you in the face and said, I sent you so many signs that you didn't listen to. So now, bang, here it right. is. Right. Yeah. And and that all comes from lots of stress the little one was dealing with and lots of, um, I don't like changes, stress. I wasn't there. And so like I hold myself accountable to that. Mm-hmm. I don't blame myself, but I hold myself accountable because I knew I wanted out. It wasn't for me anymore. And I, I grew through the position to the point where there was no more growing left to do. And I wasn't willing like to have that be my life, right? Right. And some people do like so amazingly with it. Like it, it is their thing, right? Like they're, yeah. they can walk away and say like the job is, is good. And, and I've, I've had this conversation cause I work with first responders and I work with first responder spouses significantly. And it's like, we lose our purpose. I think when we go into that jail and we've had like you and I both know our purpose was like to help women. And right. And then you walk in there and you're like, Oh no, that's not what, that's not exactly what's happening here. That's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Especially in the the capacity that we were serving as corrections officers. So it's a different, so you're almost like you've lost that purpose. Then it very much becomes your identity as a corrections officer, the uniform. Um, And then you start to slip away, right? Like you start to not pay attention to that. And we know what, I know one of the biggest things for people is like you get into shift work and then it's like, oh, I can't sign up for this workout class. Oh, I can't attend. Yeah. Oh, I can't do these yeah. things. And the the language around it is, oh, well, I used to. Oh, well, I used to. Oh, well, yeah. I used to hang out with these people. Oh, I used to play soccer. So we we get so enthralled in this lifestyle that it's like hard to dig ourselves out. Back out. Yeah. And then say like, it's not my life when we know for a fact it is because mm-hmm. everything revolves around it. And, but I know so many people that do so well, and this is hindsight's 2020 is because they have lives outside of the prison, right? Like if you look at the people that have been there a really long time, who, who aren't struggling, let's say like, that's a 50, 50, right? Mm -hmm. We have lots of people in there that are, are working and doing well. And then we know lots of people in there that just like have to make it work financially, but are struggling 
um, physiologically, psychologically, whatever. But I, I see like, when I talk about certain people, I'm like, oh, well, they've always had things outside of work. They've always, you know, so it's like they, they have the ability to separate those things, which I think I struggled with the most. I would leave and be like, did I do this? Oh my gosh. Did I write this on this person's file? I would call in on a midnight shift at like two in the yeah. morning. Going, Can you just double check that I wrote this on this SAG file? And they were like, go to fucking bed. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I have been to bed. I only slept for three hours, but now I'm up and I have to work the next day, but I'm like, <laughs> but you don't want, you don't want it to be your responsibility if someone gets hurt, right? You don't yeah. want it to be your responsibility if you know, you forgot to write down like, oh, this has changed on my shift. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off. I never could. And that's where I think a lot of mine came from. But lots of people just like the gate shuts and they're in, they're in a different, mode. yeah. Yeah. Different mode, right? Like different yeah. mode. Like they put that mask on and they're right. just ready to work. And then when they punch out, they take it off and put it in a locker and right. return to their normal like their lives outside of work. And I think that takes a, a really strong person. And I know for me, I just couldn't keep doing it. It just was right. not for me. So yeah. hats yeah. off to those who yes, can totally. and hopefully, you know, protect your mental health. Yes. And we'll talk about that because um, it's massive. Right. And I, it'll yeah. be, it'll be something that, you know, you have done that I have done. I'm getting the cut sign. Everybody <laughs> shut. Sharon's, Sharon's values are, and then I get the, like, shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm done talking, Sharon. You wrap well, we up. Can, I was just going to say it's so much to talk about and we could get into it on the next one. Uh, so we don't run too long and we're there for you on your drive home. And we just want to say like, you know, love yourself. Uh, we give everybody uh, much respect. Yes. And we'll pay talk, attention. We'll talk, yeah, pay attention and we'll talk to you guys next time. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Hey, that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. And if you have a second, we would love a review. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns. And if you happen to know anyone else that would be interested in tuning in, please share this podcast with them. We greatly appreciate it. Love, Lauren and Sharon.